Support for this podcast is brought to you by Plot, the fastest way to create and share storyboards online. Create your free storyboard today at theplot.io. Storyboards is the first look at the film, and anybody who wants to skip that step is really kind of doing a detriment to themselves as far as giving them the opportunity to maybe refine and make their story that much better. It's just highly beneficial to knowing your story better and understanding it visually, seeing how it flows, but also too for your team so they can understand what this is going to look like. Hey guys, welcome to the Depth of Field podcast, where film, video, and animation professionals discuss the art of their craft and realities of the industry. Today on the show, we have Andrew Cherry, who's a very accomplished illustrator and storyboard artist. We're just going to talk about his career and whether or not everybody should be bothering with storyboards. So let's make something. Well, we have Andrew Cherry here on the show. Andrew, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, I'd love to hear you explain just uh, your background and what you do and um, maybe a little bit about how you got into it. Well, uh, born and raised in Texas, grew up in Houston specifically. And uh, growing up in Houston, I had a very kind of narrow exposure to art, in, mainly in the Western art theme field. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a little taste of what... Uh, illustration could be uh, whenever I got my hands on the art of making books for Star Wars and for Jurassic Park and things like that. And that were really exciting to me, of course, for any boy growing up, Star Wars, sci-fi or dinosaurs, really kind of cool and interesting. And I got to see that in the books. Uh, and, and that was a real kind of interest and draw uh, uh, to me in that area, but really kind of just grew up uh, drawing a lot of kind of pedestrian, real easy kind of, well, simple Western mm. kind of uh, stuff because the rodeo is really big yeah. in Houston and uh, and they provide scholarships and opportunities for uh, kids in the public school system to sell their art and to get kind of known and to kind of get exposure in that way and, and to flourish in painting and specifically mm. acrylics or oils. But it really did change whenever I went off to school at Savannah College of Art and Design, SCAD, in Savannah, Georgia. Hmm. And that was really uh, eye-opening there, just seeing all the different uh, ways you can pursue your art in the realm of the entertainment industry. My specific kind of interest was in film, writing, and directing. And I just kind of naturally fell into doing storyboard just simply because I had a natural gifting to it, just a talent just to draw out, which was great. It was useful for me to be able to pre-visualize and see the first look of my film mm-hmm. and uh, really helped me organize and budget well and to really kind of uh, figure that out. So, yeah, long story short, <laughs> uh, uh, it was really until college uh, seeing, getting that exposure, but had little bits of that exposure of what it could be like just through uh, books I would get off the shelf at a bookstore 
where there would be just a, a, a lot of cool drawings and the uh, uh, making of books for Star Wars. So your passion started with illustration and then you go to school and you learn about how the film world is utilizing art like yours in the form of like concept art and storyboard, which I think um, would be helpful if you different, differentiate that for listeners that might not be aware, like what's the difference between a concept drawing versus a storyboard sketch. Let's, let's start with that real quick. Sure. Yeah. We'll start with concept art. So concept art um, typically is just more higher end uh, uh, refined images, almost mm-hmm. like paintings Yeah, to just kind of, uh, give people an idea, but they're used specifically. They're they're painted in, of course, uh, a dimension that would fit the size of like what you would see on TV or for film. So I mean, it would just be anyone from a two to one ratio or a sixteen by nine. Really, it's just it's like a high end painting. Storyboard art, you just really kind of stop at a lower quality. So it's more black and white, loose and rough sketch drawings. I mean, it could be stick figures and that's okay uh, because it's only being reviewed internally by the director or the DP and it doesn't have to be very fleshed out or highly rendered. Concept art is mainly for uh, pitching it, showcasing it off. It's presentation boards. You're showing it to a producer who's going to help back uh, funding for the film or for a studio to help kind of sell the idea so for anybody outside of a uh, who's not as visual, that's where it comes in handy. So I hope I explain kind of the difference between it. So it really just comes down to uh, lesser quality for storyboard art and then higher quality for concept. Okay, very good. But before I was talking about just your process going into school, you obviously had this passion for illustration, and then you learned about these applications in film, which is a big passion of yours, was your, and you said you were interested in, in writing and directing, how would you compare those two passions? Did you uh, see yourself shifting and being just as passionate or was illustration still like the core thing that you enjoyed most and you were just kind of temporarily captivated by this idea of directing? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I know I've vacillated back and forth. When I was in school, I was I felt like I was cheating on one talent or the other or one interest in the mm-hmm. other. <laughs> I did put I did put my illustration on the back burner whenever I went to school because I wanted to just – I declared my major as film and television. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I had to focus on a lot of the technical side of things just from writing to editing, getting behind the camera, uh, budgeting. So, it took me a lot away from the uh, drafting table. And getting to kind of be creative and in my own uh, time, writing was fun uh, uh, too. In the midst of that, but uh, whenever I would reach a certain limit, I would take some classes, some illustration classes to kind of help balance that. Uh, I, I would still want to get back and nurture my first love, my first gift with uh, just drawing, and that was something that helped fuel the other. Actually, mm. so I never wanted to kind of totally. Uh, abandon uh, one interest for the other. Uh, art has always been with me and it's always been just kind of a, a fun thing, a the, uh, therapeutic thing to a wealth of just kind of where creativity comes from and I just have to express it in that way. Uh, so, I would take some illustration classes and it was through that where uh, I was exposed to, oh, yeah, why didn't I put this together? Storyboarding and taking some class and classes on storyboarding and also mm-hmm. to on uh, some animation classes, basic fundamental animation classes uh, with some motion graphics classes. 
Mm. And just learning about, oh, okay, uh, well, this, duh, this is a sense. Just, I mean, makes sense, like marrying the two together. And, uh, and it just being an asset for me where I can create an ad animatic and, and really kind of see the pacing flow. So it really helped me, uh, having to go out and, and rally up a film is a very collaborative effort and you have yeah. to rely on so many other people to kind of get the job done. Yeah. Well, I could create all my characters at the, at my drafting table and I really didn't have to go out and, uh, uh, hound other people to come in and be a part of something, you know, all for free just to, uh, see something uh, uh, that would take weeks to kind of see the end result. Instead, I could just see it in a couple of days and see how it would work out. So it really did help help that. So it was, it was toward the latter part of my college years and, and, uh, as a junior and senior where I was, uh, uh, bridging the gap and falling in love more with storyboards and actually the animatics and seeing it come out into play. Hey guys, we're just taking a quick break from the episode to talk about plot, the fastest way to create and edit storyboards online. Now, Plot was designed from the ground up to get you through the storyboarding process as fast as possible with features like a flexible script editor, image toolbar, collaboration, drawing tool, and much more. It's time to put storyboarding behind you and move on to actually producing your video. So if you're ready to create your free storyboard today, go to theplot.io. And if you feel like upgrading, just use the code PODCAST for your first three months completely free. Yes, I said that right. Use the code PODCAST for three months of premium for free. All right, guys, let's get back to the show. So after that, like, how did you end up making your way into the industry and actually start getting paid to do this type of work? Yeah, uh, every path is so different. Well, shortly after college, getting a job in uh, news, actually, raw access news, uh, government news, actually. So, hmm. I was working for the city council in a small town in South Carolina, actually, but it was 30 minutes near Savannah. And uh, uh, it was working there and also to, tr- you know, uh, transferring over to another <clears throat> Uh, job from there that was still in the same kind of TV realm, uh, news TV uh, realm out in LA. Uh, it was really until I got into LA uh, and started to pursue uh, classes on the side outside of my job in the pre-production world through a, a design academy, mm-hmm. uh, the Concept Design Academy in, in Pasadena. Uh and that really kind of gave me exposure okay. to other people who are in the industry and just exploring the idea of where I should go. So I, I guess I'm I'm verbally processing. Really, it was until I started meeting other people who are in the industry and meeting other directors, meeting other uh, people in the film industry, started explaining my. I, I started telling them about my passion mm-hmm. about how I'm going to launch off and, and into storyboards. That really did get me exposure to or uh, having them contact me for jobs actually i think my first first big job break kind of thing was when i was out in california and uh this was shortly after i i graduated just about i would say eight months after uh uh graduating i was out there that a friend of mine who i i'm still uh uh, friends with and he's doing good work uh uh, dan uh bloomreich Van Allen, 
And uh, he contacted me with doing storyboards and some animation for uh, a tooth and nail music video. Uh, it was for FM, FM Static. And it was basically doing storyboards and some animation mm. and a little bit of animatic. And that was enough for me to be like, yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, and it, it's funny, even just it was on a shoestring budget and just dived in deep to it. But I did, it was kind of funny because I, I do remember in school going through the animatic process or storyboarding <clears throat> for like my senior thesis. And it did take like two weeks, two and a half weeks for me to pre-plan that and to put out like a little bit 10 minute animatic. Mm -hmm. I went through all this work that I was like, you know what, the next one I'm going to do, I'm going to make it my goal that I'm going to get paid for it. And uh, just put my goal on that. Uh, and sure enough, I was able to just uh, uh, get that connection and contact from him. But also too, what was important, I think that really kind of was my storefront was my website. Like I had a very nominal website, just basic. And, uh, and that was what really kind of yeah. helped people see that I was pursuing this or trying to make it more of a full-time kind of thing. I'd like to hear a little bit about your experience. I mean, being new to Los Angeles and going through getting your career started, like um, how, what were your opening impressions and what did you meet any resistance as you tried to get that underway and what kind of things did you experience as you got started there? Man. Yeah. My first impression of L LA, it was, uh, it was pretty cool actually. Well, just going to the state of California, it was so different from where I grew up. I mean, mm -hmm. I grew up in the armpit of America in Houston. So <laughs> the humidity is just like, it's awful. I think it beats yeah. out Miami on average for uh, humidity. I mm. got in an argument with my, wow. my roommate, college roommate, who's from from Miami. And so, I don't know why I wore like a badge like, yeah, I'm from the city that's most humid in the country, huh? You know, <laughs> but I didn't know what humidity was until I went to L.A. And uh, it was beautiful. It's the only place where I've been where, you, you know, you had the mountains just kind of cascading right into the to the ocean or just going right there malibu was beautiful and even whenever i had my job interview out there uh the son of the ceo i remember him uh robbie he took me along the pch to just entice me and what really sold me for just a big motivation to come out there was surfing uh that yeah. was always a life goal of mine and i really wanted to pursue that i tried to do it in galveston you can't really surf in texas but mm -hmm. uh, I was just like, oh, man, this is beautiful. But uh, I know you're, you're, the, the main question is asking, how was <laughs> LA? I'm kind of going off on a rabbit hole trail, but uh, rabbit trail. But uh, yeah, LA, it was, so it's full of great talent, some great people, but that's also really vapid and it's really vain and it can be soul sucking in a way in which, mm -hmm. uh, the elements kind of uh, kind of defeat your spirit a bit. Uh, yeah. It's highly congested, and there is such a, a concentration of talent and a lot of good talent. Everybody's trying to make their own film or go to the top, and so it can be very doggy dog. And people can treat you like a commodity, or if you don't benefit me, then you know, see you later. So, and also too, uh, community and relationships can be strained. Just due to proximity and traffic and other factors yeah. and work. People work a lot out there. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's what I was just kind of realizing. 
It's a very expensive place and there's high paying jobs and career pursuits, which are great, but there's also just uh, a lot of ambition, a lot of ambition uh, out there. So it was this love hate relationship where I realized, you know, work is God there. And uh, I just wanted a little bit more of a work life balance. I wanted a little bit, something a little bit different outside of just kind of the Hollywood glitz and glamour. And everybody is so attracted to, you know, the celebrity and the glory behind uh, the rich and famous lifestyle that you can get really trapped in, in that whole kind of realm. Right. Um, but I mean, really uh, the artists that I know out there, the artists, uh, I mean, gosh, in the pre-production world and in the film industry are so down to earth and real cool and uh, great to be around people who are in animation man, they're just a real delight and charm to be around. And, uh, I love it. And all the big studios are out there and there's a lot of, there's a lot of just excitement and magic in the air. That's when you're there and it's a beautiful place. Uh, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of tension. I I experienced a lot of tension just of man. Well, uh, you know, is a, is family life valued very much out here? Is it, Mm -hmm. if I started a family, like would that, uh, I want to make sure I have time for that. And I would already, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I had friends in the in film industry is still like this. You working like 14, 16 hour days. Mm-hmm. And even a lot of people too, who are concept artists that are first starting out whenever you first start out and uh, just trying to get better at your craft, you really do have to pour a lot of time into it in order, depending on how fast you want to accelerate your career. And also to uh, just making yourself, uh, valuable to a producer, um, or a team. Yeah. So, uh, that was, uh, those are the struggles that you have out there. Uh, relate relationships is a, is a tough thing because everybody's kind of working all the time. Well, I'd love to shift gears into some practical advice for people. Um, just, just on storyboarding in general, the benefits of it, maybe some, you know, tips and tricks on how people can just wrap their heads around this process if um, they're not artists. I, a lot of our listeners and a lot of people um, that I know listen to the podcast are, are in the corporate world. Um, I know there's definitely film um, audiences as well, but let's just explore like some of your, your practical advice for, um, let's say, solo directors or just videographers that want to do a better job of planning their videos, but this idea of storyboarding is kind of foreign to them. Like, what would you tell somebody that's kind of on that precipice of putting this in their process, but not there yet? Yeah. Um, well, I would, what's nice I can say about, about storyboarding, it can really help you eliminate some scenes, maybe out of the story that call for, it can save you on, on money. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. It, it can be a real, bringing along a storyboard artist can really kind of help trim out any excess areas that would cost you more money. Yeah. For example, like you could, you know, have this uh, one scene that you're trying to imagine where this plane crashes in the middle of a field. And depending on <clears throat> how you want to capture this, uh, it could be a big budget expense for visual effects and all that. But talking with the storyboard artist, hey, how can I do this on a budget of this scale, like on a shoestring budget? And capturing it at certain angles and not showing as much or just focusing on a couple of characters and relying heavily on sound effects uh, and music and or sound effects just going in the background can really save the production a lot of time and headache and still just be as effective uh, for how you can communicate. Mm-hmm. 
so where I would, if you, let's say for that solo director, like, and they're trying to figure out, well, how do I find a storyboard artist? Or maybe you don't have access to a storyboard artist. It's funny. There's some apps that are out there that kind of give you, uh, uh, they're like 3d simulations of where you can actually place characters in a scene and you can kind of, uh, uh, mock up basically whatever your story calls for whatever scene Mm. and just watching, maybe watching just a couple of tutorials, it can empower you to be able to kind of do that yourself. It may take a day to do, but it may save you a day on the production shoot, which would be more costly. Um, and what's great about bringing on a storyboard artist, uh, too, is it's a blueprint. It's you, you basically have a shot list. You have an idea of how you want to capture these things. You've already gone through the pre-thought to, uh, of what angles you want to try out, especially if you've already gone out and you've done your uh, location scouting and you've done pictures and things like that, that can really kind of help yeah. you because time is of the essence. Once you're in production mode, uh, the producer is always kind of looking at the clock and, and uh, looking for ways to just kind of save time and headache. So I would encourage that. And also to, uh, once you have some frames, you know, just, it just organizes your story and, uh, you can plug those boards in the plot. Hey, <laughs> a little plug there. And it really does. It helps you. And, and you can also to share that you can share that with other uh, creators on the team and you can, uh, really go through the process of elimination of what we need and what we don't need. Yeah. So I would say that's the big benefit of having a storyboard artist or just having someone who can draw and who can plan out. Uh, whatever uh, script you have, I know for uh, for a fact it sometimes can help you with the uh, if you're still dabbling in the writing stage of your script, it can actually kind of help mm-hmm. maybe trim up uh, your script, or maybe you realize you need to expand on some scenes uh, in your script. So it can really kind of help you. I mean, storyboards are the first look of a film; it gives you the first look, and so uh, it. it, it just gives you a leg up right before you have to go into production and it can kind of prepare you for uh, what's working in the, in the story and whatnot. I mean, I love Pixar's model. What they do, of course, they really, uh, I mean, they storyboard out the the whole film, of course, and run it through an animatic and they play it uh, to test audiences and uh, well, internally to with their crew yeah. and, and just with the director to see how the timing, how the pacing is going, how the uh, comedic punchlines are landing and what they need to do. And it really does help them refine the story. And that's a, a crucial part because it's a visual medium and you really don't know how it's all going to turn out. Every process is different, the production and the post-production, yep. the editing, it's all different. So you might, what you think is it reads well on script may turn out to be a disaster actually once you see it up on screen or it just fall flat. So storyboards help you prevent that. Yeah. I like something you said earlier in your, uh, I think it was just in your introductory background about um, even drawing stick figures is better than nothing. I think Mm -hmm. that can be missed by a lot of people that are already overwhelmed by the process of storyboarding. Um, I've seen it early in my career, just just by the sheer lack of storyboards. It was just kind of a skipped uh, step, which I never understood because as an animator, I saw the consequences of no storyboards. It's, you literally are walking blind into a project. And Mm -hmm. I think, I think people definitely need to be, need to be aware of like storyboarding. Like you said, it's an internal process. This is for 
you as the creator to understand how the dominoes are going to fall. It doesn't have to be perfectly drawn and um, illustrated. And you can mm-hmm. even use like stock imagery if you have to. If there's zero budget, like you could just be using uh, stock pictures and mocking up things just so that you can t- show yourself the flow of your story rather than making it like a perfect presentation for a third party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it also too shows that you've gone through, even if they're stick figures, you know, if a client sees that you've kind of put the extra mental thought into like how it's going to look or, you know, even with stock photos, it really does uh, show that you're, you're trying to think through it as much as possible. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. I mean, there's a good book out there uh, by Dan Rome. I think it's drawings on the back of a napkin. Mm. I think that's the title of the book. And he's just really selling the idea that, I mean, just your doodles on the back, it can be on the back of a napkin, can really sell an idea to a client and can be the determining factor that gets you a multi-million dollar contract or something like that. Yeah, I, I know that uh, uh, there's a, I'm going to butcher this story, but really Scott, whenever he was uh, 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 enlisted a direct alien and he of course was given the budget. It was a little, it was a small budget just for to direct a alien. And of course he took about two weeks just to go and do some storyboards, just some little drawings. Cause he has a art direction background and, and uh, a design background and he knows how to draw. And he was able to just draw up uh, just kind of the scale and scope and size of it. And they're, they're, they're just, I mean, pen and ink drawings just on there. And it was able to increase his budget by, I think almost half. Uh, just once the producer saw that, oh man, we can see the the scale that you're wanting to go for. Uh, hmm. And we can see your vision behind it and how grand you want to make it and what it could be. And that was right. it. It was like those two weeks just doubled his budget. And that's the power behind the visual format uh, with it, even with just simple drawings. So can I quote you on, in order to get paid more money, we just need to storyboard. Is that right? (laughs) (laughs) Something along those lines. (laughs) I'm a little leery to sign off on that. Like, uh, I don't want to gear. I'm just summarizing. Name it, claim it. There you go. You just, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So related to storyboarding and concept art, what's some common mistakes you've seen people making in their production? Uh, Winging it. Uh, I mm. think just being unorganized, uh, yeah. not really kind of thinking it through. And it just really depends on the, on the person who, and this is the kind of the problem is that, uh, artists are very creative and they're wonderful and they think on the right side of the brain. And, uh, that lacks a lot of tidiness or organization or things that require a little bit more thought on the left side of the brain to really kind of help mm. them. So, unless they're Mm -hmm. partnering with a really good business savvy person, a producer who can kind of help them be a great partner to walk them through that, I think someone, and this isn't all the case, I'm not trying to make a blanket statement, but I I, I have seen uh, what can get you kind of in trouble is a lot of zeal at the beginning and some slot, it it translates into some sloppiness whenever certain steps are skipped. Right. And uh, when you're uh, unorganized, in that way. So I would just say, uh, I mean, now there's like this whole process of like, uh, creating a pitch and a lookbook and getting all your ducks in a row and having a whole plan of action, uh, a whole scope of the project 
counting the cost of it all. And it can be kind of defeating and depressing to an artist because once you see like how much time, energy, and uh, money and resources need to go into creating, getting your end idea up on screen, it can be daunting. Yeah. Uh, But if you, it's important to go through those steps because it makes every point of the process easier and also it puts a lot of uh, ease on every department. So based on your experiences as a storyboard artist and the things we talked about today, um, we just, we like to end these episodes with some practical advice that somebody, cause you know, we're usually talking about a lot of different things. Um, but as they, you know, end the show and go forth in their role, creating videos, like what, what's a piece of advice you've given them to, you know, step up their game on their videos. Yeah. Uh, I would say for the storyboard artists, if there was somebody who was really wanting to get into storyboard art, uh, concept art, uh, there's kind of some life hack things you could do. Maybe you don't necessarily have to go to college for it. Uh, you even, the, uh, but I, I do recommend uh, college and higher education and learning and very much about continuing your education. Uh, definitely want to be mm-hmm. a proponent of that. Uh, but there are actually online courses and design academies that can give you the same amount of information, if not more, for a fraction mm-hmm. of the price, which is really great, especially with the rising student debt, you know, uh, in this country. And so, if that may be, it's a very attainable thing. Uh, and also, too, in the film industry, like it's all about your portfolio, not necessarily where you got your degree from. So, if somebody was looking to pursue storyboard art, I would say, and if that bled over into the animation world, I mean, there's video game companies that hire storyboard artists, uh, animation companies, and also to the film industry, a good place to go uh, uh, to be able to, to do this if you're on the animation side is CTN, the Creative Network. It's out in yeah, Burbank. Cool. It's an animation expo. I highly recommend it. It's just a three-day weekend cool. uh, where you're able to go with industry professional or get to see all this kind of stuff. But I would say continue your learning. Continue to learn also to uh, VR and virtual reality try to look ahead of where the industry is going and where know your fundamentals but also to uh, build on them and look at where the trends are going uh you don't have to get too trendy and knowing all the different uh types of software that are out there because that can be exhausting in its own i mean Mm -hmm. get to know just the basics like know your adobe suite or know photoshop um but and, and beyond that you can learn uh what people are or getting into whether it's uh, for concept art, definitely need to learn some three D and go into that. Uh, before the general like filmmaker and where where I would say uh, what to improve on, where you can go is uh, I found myself just doing storyboards has helped me manage my schedule better. So I would say budget your schedule into time blocks, and mm-hmm. uh, that does help your productivity. And just make mm-hmm. sure your productivity isn't done out of anxiety, but in a to-do list, but look at your schedule, prioritize what's important to you in life and also to uh, make it fun and also uh, always be a learner and always be reading out there. Readers are leaders. And so <laughs> it's not, man, I'm already uh, corny with all the dad, you know, uh, uh, kind of uh, sayings and everything, but uh, you know, follow your uh, favorite artists on Instagram, learn from what they're doing and, and you can learn a lot out there just from following certain heroes of 
people that are in there. But yeah, um, that's probably what I would encourage. I, did I answer that right? I, I, yeah, uh, yeah, you yeah. gave some bonus tips. I mean, I only asked for one, but you you gave <laughs> us more and that's good. Free. We got some free bonus okay. tips in there. Yeah, I was trying to gauge like the audience, you know, who's listening and like, you know, so if the, you know, the store would artist, but also to the generic person. Uh, no, absolutely. You know, for the generic video stuff. person, like, just, man, get to know a storyboard artist and, 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 uh, or an illustrator out there and, uh, and right. a writer and go outside your fields and make friends with, uh, other creatives in that. In that right. Well, yeah, I mean, on the podcast, we have all sorts of different, uh, types of people. And the goal really is to just help each other see, uh, parts of the industry that we don't normally get to see. So, mm-hmm. you know, for the editor to be able to understand, what the cinematographer is doing, what the director is doing and just giving us an idea of like other parts of the industry. Cause I think it's so easy um, in our individual roles to lose sight of that entirely. Like even if you work with a writer and a storyboard artist, you might have no idea what they're actually going through and what their part of the process is like. So I think it's even for people that aren't currently storyboarding and they just maybe produce videos. Like the point is to give them kind of this better understanding of like what your what your role is and the kind of things that you're going through mm-hmm. with storyboarding. And I think, yeah, you've done a great job of, of giving us that glimpse. And, um, so yeah, I appreciate your time. Yeah. And no, I appreciate this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been fun before I let you go. Where, where would you recommend? Um, well, I mean, I can cheat for you and let them know andrewcherryart.com. Is there anywhere else you would send somebody to? And is, is he's got some great concept art on there, by the way. Um, you guys would love to check it out. Um, oh, would you send them anywhere else? I'd assume Instagram, yeah, other that, places you post. That's it, really. Instagram and my website. Uh, and cool. I'm trying, I'm trying to just uh, beef up the Instagram a little bit more. Uh, of course, there's a lot of stuff I work on that I can't showcase, and some of it's my best work. Right. But so yeah. I have to make the downtime to kind of do that. But yeah, Instagram, website, andrewcherryart.com, and uh, you can if you look me up on Instagram, it's under Andrew Cherry Art. And feel free, like if you have questions out there, I want to make myself available to anybody who has questions that are pursuing this road. Cool. Uh, so my email is on the website and you can message me on Instagram or whatever. I'll do my best to try to get to you as, as I can, as time awesome. allows. And are, uh, are you for hire if there's somebody on here that needs a storyboard artist Absolutely. or are you like fully booked? Absolutely. Cool. Yeah, no, no. Always. So there's a lot of sometimes like there's pockets whenever I come out of a busy season uh, there's some yeah. downtime and, uh, uh, there's some, uh, there's a lot of juggling, like there's a lot of irons in the fire, but once things get booked, then it's very unpredictable. So yes, feel free. And I'm always happy to share like when I'm available and, awesome. and all that stuff. job offers. Welcome. Good yeah. to know. <laughs> Thanks for plugging that. Hey, there you yeah, go. My pleasure. <laughs> I got to give you something for coming on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, Andrew, it's my pleasure. Thanks for thanks again for coming on and sharing your insights. And um, it was really, it's just really great to talk to you. Oh man, well, it's a pleasure being on here and great talking with you, Adrian. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Thanks so much for listening to the end. I'm glad to have you here. Uh, This show is sponsored by Plot, which is the fastest way to create and share storyboards online. You can create your free account today at theplot.io. And the show notes and related links for this episode will also be available on Plot's website at theplot.io slash 013. All right, guys, I hope you have a wonderful week and I'll see you next time.